This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Oh my gosh, I got the hiccups. Great. Excuse oh me, no. Sorry. That's always how it goes, right? Uh, hi, welcome back to Damsels Who Discuss. I'm Alexia. And I'm Galley. And, and we're week... discussing Disney. Yes, we are discussing Disney this week. Uh, shockingly, you will you will find we are discussing Disney this week. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! Um, we're finally getting into movies that I actually like recognize. Thank you very much. We're with Cinderella this week. Just looking ahead, the next few movies we have: Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, and Sleeping Beauty. This is all shit that I've seen, and I'm excited about. We're also coming up on what I'm kind of excited about. Way, way early in the show, Gally and I had talked about including two partially animated movies that I'm a huge fan of, mostly because mm-hmm. I wanted to see them. Um, <laughs> we are going to also do Mary Poppins and Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Those are coming up soon, too. Yes, yes. So stick with us because we have a lot of good stuff in the pipeline. And frankly, if you've been following our <laughs> antics through the entire package film era, thank you. Yeah, thank seriously. Thank you for being with us on this journey. Yeah, I would have absolutely just like <laughs> bounced. You would have stopped listening to the podcast. Oh, okay. If you left the podcast, fuck you. You're now an enemy of the pod and we know where you live. If you didn't make it through um, all of our content, you don't get fancy, cool stuff from us. No, if you couldn't make it through, if you can't make it through fun and fancy free, then you don't deserve us at our Cinderella. It's absolutely true um, because Cinderella is, is... I okay before we get straight into it uh you can tell it can you do the summary for this one I I did not do the summary for Cinderella indeed so let's get into it excuse me Cinderella is the story of two brave mice Jacques and Gus who bring justice to a small rural French village when they help the most beautiful girl in a 500 kilometer radius destroy her slave owner and wed a foot fetish prince in the span of about 24 hours this is the second best depiction of savior mice in disney film closely behind the rescuers or the rescuers down under if you are of our if you're of our australian rodentia relation Ooh, oh what about <clears throat> the great mouse detective great mouse detective was also incredible yes and he that. was a helpful mouse there were he helpful was. mice in there. But apologies, I kind of slipped into my mouse form there. But we are. That sounds exhausting. It was exhausting. <laughs> we are finally out of the package era and into the Silver Age where budgets and presentation actually mattered. We get our first return and upgrade to form with 1950s Cinderella. Uh, If you don't know what Cinderella is about, I highly recommend you watch the three minute long emoji presentation on Disney Plus, which is a real thing that exists and it's wild and it's crazy, but it does show you the theme of the movie. I have Um, to watch that. It's a story about a girl. You should. should. It's weird. It's a story about a girl who lost her daddy, gained a slave driver stepmother, and does an impressive amount of chores with size four feet for her probably average height. One day, the local prince comes home and his daddy, the king, mandates that his son find and marry a wife within the next 12 hours or the puppy gets it. This results in an incredibly fast ball to be put together. The evil stepmother and gross sisters go, and poor Cinderella gets left at home with her animal familiars. Randomly, an old woman who might be high on psychedelics appears and yassifies Cinderella so she can <laughs> attend the ball. 
As the blondest, thinnest, and smallest of feet, she instantly attracts the prince, who falls in love with her before she flees. On her way out, she trips down the stairs and leaves one of the most impractical shoes in the world behind. This results in a village-wide search for the mystery dainty foot, and all the maidens of the land must present their piggies or be executed. I guess. Yeah, I wanted really to know made. what the I wanted to know what the consequences were, but <laughs> apparently Disney got the memo back that it was Disney, and didn't get into that. <laughs> exactly. Cinderella Not like last get- time where people were just drunk and being shot at. Sorry. Yeah. Cinderella gets locked away so the step slavers can try their bullshit can try to bullshit their way through it. But luckily, her animal minions save the day by unlocking her prison. Within the last eight minutes of the movie, Cinderella is freed, tries on the shoe, and is immediately wed to the prince. I'm sure that after dancing with each other for four minutes, these two have such a tight bond that their love will last an eternity. Sure. Why not? Why not? That's that's Cinderella. That is Cinderella. Cinderella is... It's funny... I didn't own this one growing up, so I didn't watch it a lot. Um, I have seen it before, so it's not like I, I watched it and didn't recognize it, but I liked it more as an adult than I did when I was younger. I was not a big fan of Cinderella, like when I was a kid either. Like she was Mm-mm. probably my least favorite Disney princess for the time because yeah. to me she was so boring. That's also my my thing with her. I didn't find her interesting. What's I like her more now that I'm older. And actually, like, listened to the di- some of the dialogue. Yeah. Well, I also think it's important to note that I think that there's more of an appreciation for this as an adult once we also understand the whole Disney background. Because... Also true. Disney was on the verge of bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. They had lost over $4 million, which I believe would equate to about $50 million in this year's money. They were severely in the in the, in the black, in, yeah. in the hole for this one. Yeah. So So this was, like... The first full-length feature since Bambi, eight mm-hmm. years earlier, and it was a massive critical and commercial success. So it was huge, yeah. So I think their time and actually spending it, like I don't know, coming up with a plot, mm-hmm. <laughs> made sense and helped. It it and you know they kind of flesh out the. I mean they're weird and a lot of them are odd, but there's a lot of charm in the dialogue here, even in things where I was like, that's a little weird, but it was it was funny to me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I did note one thing though is that she's actually born Cinderella in this movie. That's her name. Yeah. Um, I think some people will think it's a nickname. It's like, no, that's her. That's her actual name. In the German fairy tale, they call her Aschenputzel, which is Cinderella, because she would sleep near the cinders to keep warm. I, I, in all of my notes, I kept calling her Cinders. Cinders. Yeah, Cindy. it's a cute little nickname. And yeah, there are some really good lines in here because we we do get into um, we immediately get into the background of the story. Like we get just the very quick Cinderella had a father, father married the evil stepmother who mm-hmm. had two, as they put it, awkward daughters. Um, <laughs> father unfortunately dies, which <clears throat> results in the evil stepmother becoming a true evil stepmother and saying, well, I guess legally now you're my slave, Cinderella, and we're going to treat you like it. Yep. Which is what they do call cps yep but the narrow they basically keep telling us that you know cinderella is waiting and wishing and hoping for things to get better which is a good message to tell people which is that no matter how badly you're abused and stuff if you just keep hoping someone will eventually come and get you out of it and that someone might be a mouse 
I mean, it that was definitely be. the case here. And like, I'm just going to say uh, from the start, one thing I did not remember by rewatching this was how little Cinderella kind of appears in her own story. Yeah. Versus the mice. <laughs> I, and I think that's maybe why I didn't like Cinderella as a kid. I don't, I still don't like the mice. Those segments annoy me and they go on for way too long. The whole thing with the cat with Lucifer and everything. It's just like, Jesus, all of these segments could be not in this movie. Yeah. And I'd be happy sure. with it. <clears throat> well, I think it's like a different movie and it's fun if you watch it as a different movie, like if we got to see Cinderella from the mice's perspective the entire time, I think that that would be kind of interesting. You would hate it. I would. But I think it would be kind of interesting. <laughs> I hate hearing them talk. I hate everything to do with these mice. They're so obnoxious. Oh, I, their voices are It's painful. awful. <laughs> but um, the, we get a song pretty early into this where Cinderella tells us that dreams are wishes that your heart makes. And I would like to counter that by saying that I've had some really fucking weird dreams. I had a yeah. dream... I have a hungover yeah, mouse who was mice. listening to it. <laughs> yeah, they come out to listen to her song, and that one, he's supposed to be sleepy, but he just looks like he's still hungover from the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say that I remember having a dream once when I was like nine or ten years old, and I remember running down the street, and I'm holding an amulet in my hand that when I hold the actual gem, not just the chain... I can hear what cats are saying and communicate back to them. But if I'm not holding it, it was just meowing. And I don't necessarily think that that was a wish my heart was making. Cause I remember that being very scary. Like maybe I was running from the police with this amulet or something, but it's like, I don't think my heart's wishing to be scared about a cat amulet. I, I would worry if this was what my heart was, was thinking for yeah. so many of my dreams. Cause so many of them are just wild <laughs> and out there and not good. Yeah, like nothing. Yeah, they're just they, they, so I. <laughs> I get that it's a cute little song, but I would like to. I would like to push back on the sentiment slightly. Um, I think a lot of my dreams are not things my heart is is wishing. I I want to know what. Okay, so Cinderella. We open the shot with Cinderella waking up from this wonderful dream that she's having, and I'm assuming mm-hmm. that it was a sex dream because she is. She has that like floaty postcoital face of like, oh, it was wonderful, and she refuses to tell anybody. Yeah. Oh, I can't tell you this. Ooh, I can't tell my mice this. Which, okay, this was another quick note. Cinderella appears to be the only human in this story who can communicate with mice, which makes me think that she has the animal, like, speak with animals spell Mm -hmm. from Dungeons and Dragons. She definitely can also talk to other animals, too. She talks to birds. Yeah. That's what, like, she can talk to animals. Yeah. She totally can. And because of her ability to talk to animals, I posit that she lives better than the um, other three members of her family because she basically has a full staff. Like, they get her everything ready for her. I said that it was an MLM. Like, it's a pyramid (laughs) scheme. Cinderella is at the top, and then she has mice below her, and there's moments where the mice are dictating to other mice what to do. Yep. Yeah. It's it's an elaborate hierarchy. Um, But we find out that Cinderella's dream. But, we, but she seems to just be, like, nice to the mice, which makes sense. If you found out that if you allied them, they would do stuff for you, it would definitely be a method that I employed more often. Because after she sings about her beautiful dream, mm-hmm. uh, some of the mice come in and inform her that there's another mouse that they've never seen before. And she's going to get him closed. But when they tell, and she initially is like, oh, well, she's going to need a dress. But then they laugh at her and go, no, 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 no. He's a boy. She goes, oh, obviously you won't need that obviously obviously what he will need is a t-shirt that doesn't cover anything else and so he can do full donald duck pantslessness exactly that's exactly what he needs he just needs that a hat and some shoes like we're good yeah 
Because you'll notice that the other dude mice wear tunics, so they're covered. This is just implying that he's got his whole ass out all the time. Also implying that maybe he was a little too chubby for her weird pre-made mice clothes that she had just lying around. And it seems like she's a great seamstress. She couldn't just make him, like, another one? Little pants? He has shoes. He does have shoes. Wait, did the mice come with shoes? I just realized that I... No, she gives them shoes. Okay, he did show up full naked mouse. Okay, so this is Gus. This is Gus that she's talking um, about. Yes, and she names him. She calls him... Actually, I have a question. How the fuck do you get Gus out of Octavius? I was thinking that, too. Because she goes, we'll call you, and I don't remember, I didn't remember this. She was like, call you Octavius, but we'll call you Gus for short. It's like, excuse me? So, okay, Gus's full name is Octavius, presumably after the private name of the Roman Emperor Augustus. Gus can be short for either Gustavus or Augustus. Yeah, I would have gone for Augustus, like Augustus, Gustavo, something that Gus is actually part of. This is like a joke that no one's going to get. Yeah, this was a super deep cut that no one cares about and probably and i found that that trivia from the disney fandom which definitely makes me think that this is one of those like oh octavius i need to dig deeper into this disney controversy right like somebody got real too too into it you're just like stop yeah i i also noticed that the mice so we commented about how the mice have a very particular accent which is very rough and gruff and i was attempting to do it at the beginning Mm -hmm. of the summary um they also have like a particular way of speaking and something that only the men like the mice do only the men that's true is they go zap zap which yep. is the same as jawas from star wars like they sound like jawas from star wars when they do their zip zap yeah yeah zip, zip. yeah uh yeah it it they the guy the men do the like that thing where he's talking about the cat where he's like yeah and it's like why and then you you see later on when they're doing the cinderella song this woman the the girl mouse speaks in full ass sentences she's like we can do it we can help cinderella we'll make her dress so pretty there's nothing to it really and then the rest of the girls chime in going we'll tie a sash around it Put some ribbons through it. When dancing at the ball, she'll be most beautiful of all. It's a lovely dress we'll make for Cinderella. So they speak in full ass sentences, and they are squeaky. I will say the lady mice are squeaky. Yeah, they're very squeaky. But it's like we're speaking in full sentences because we learned some English. Yeah, but the others are just. (laughs) I I I almost wonder if it's because the the um accent was so difficult on the vocal cords for the male mice that they were just like can we please speak as little as possible please it's hard like you were doing it and it was hard i was just doing it for a second and it's hard and even doing the like hyper squeak that i that i was doing which had no distortion to it just talking like a mouse hurts (laughs) talking like a mouse does hurt um uh but she sorts things out with him and i wrote down here when she's we meet bruno who's her dog like Mm -hmm. we see bruno and we also see later on hit we find out that his name is major we see bruno and major in the prequel part with cinderella and her dad Mm -hmm. she's like petting a horse who's drinking from a stream and there's a dog there so this these are her her animals still we see bruno 
She's talking to Bruno, asking him if he was dreaming about chasing Lucifer, the cat, who we met five seconds ago. And he says, yes. And she says, no, that's bad. We all have to get along now. And you'd better get rid of those dreams. What is it? I wrote that down, too. So earlier when she woke up, uh, she said, oh, they can't stop me from dreaming. Like, she literally said, no yep. one can stop me from dreaming. And then she literally tells Bruno, hey, stop you dreaming. need to stop dreaming. You can't you like you can't stop me from dreaming but i need to stop my dog from dreaming about killing the stepmother's cat lucifer which what am i wrong or was lucifer used as another name for a cat do we have lucy the cat we had figaro maybe figaro okay we had figaro the cat for some reason i had like a thought that that we had uh, refer to another cat as Lucifer in another Disney. I think we but... brought up Lucifer when talking about Chernabog. Mm, perhaps that. Chernabog. Perhaps that. Yeah, but, I don't think we've yeah. encountered another cat named Lucifer so far, but we do have this cat, Lucifer, and I think that this is where my mistrust or like my seeing cats as being like evil characters started because there's nothing redeeming about this cat. I feel like that's actually where. I mean, we all know that there's a very long history with with cats being seen as the devil's pet, quote unquote, and and or the villain's of, pet, or the villain's pet, or things like that. But I mm-hmm. definitely feel like Disney popularized it further. Um, which, as a cat lover, kind of sad, but cats can be assholes. Let's not <laughs> let's be no bones about it. Um, apparently, this cat, Lucifer, was modeled after Ward Kimball's cat. Uh, <laughs> The animators were having a huge amount of trouble coming up with a good design for the stepmother's uh-huh. cat. And then Walt Disney saw Kimball's cat, which was a furry six-toed calico, and he declared, for gosh sakes, Kimball, that's your Lucifer right there. What a... Okay. That's such a Disney thing. That is such a Disney thing. And I I, I touched on it a little bit earlier, too, where I was like, my, the le- my least favorite part of this movie is every interaction between the mice and Lucifer. It's very added on. Mm-hmm. Um, unnecessary. Yeah, it's unnecessary. And and in this case, you're referring to... So Cinderella has gone down to make everybody breakfast. And she goes yes. to feed all the farm animals. And it's yes. at that point where the mice are like, ooh, we want to get some food. But the cat's kind of blocking that exit. Exactly. So they come up with this plan. Mm-hmm. They're going to distract the cat. And I was so confused about why they needed to do this. Because they could have just gone back up to Cinderella's room and climbed out a window and then completely avoided the cat but instead they decide no we have to do a whole chase 17 minutes in where Cinderella becomes a side character during an animal chase movie and the chase goes on for several minutes I don't I didn't actually write down the time but it's very long on the way out and then they get you know, Cinderella gives them some corn that they're going to bring back upstairs. And then we have the part two of this chase again, where they have to get back in. Because what happens is Jack is like, Jack Jack says, I'm going to go distract Lucifer in that corner over there because there's a couple of wood holes I can hide in. Mm-hmm. And you guys sneak out and get your food. So he's stuck there. And now the mice are coming back and he's like, okay, okay, I'll keep him distracted while you guys get back in. So we have this scene twice, basically. We do. And as much as I know you didn't like the mice, I actually, there, there's 
I really liked the design of the mice. So from like an animation standpoint, I enjoyed it. And we get to a point where Gus um, is not great. Like there's some foreshadowing, I think, in the way that Gus is dealing with Lucifer. And he ends up on a teapot with Mm -hmm. Lucifer uh, or a teacup. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Uh, We should know the difference. We're big fans of tea. We are. (laughs) Um, With Lucifer staring at him like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. But before this cat can get this mouse on a teacup, bitches be ringing their bells. Ringing their bells and screaming. Yep. Bell ringing. Bell ringing. Drizella be bellin'. Drizella be bellin'. Anastasia be bellin'. Stepmother be bellin'. But only two of them are yelling. Yes. The sisters are the only ones yelling. I've noticed. I I think that's because... um, How do I put this? You know how there's a certain um, menace about people who are older and in positions of power when they know they're in positions of power and they can just kind of be quiet and assert their power without having to like yep be forceful i exactly. think that's the deal with oh yeah father tremaine you definitely noticed that because you know Cinder- you know after yet another cat and mouse bullshit thing um cinderella manages to get the plates up the stairs you don't see her bringing her the breakfast to the sisters you just hear them like being nasty and giving her chores Mm-hmm. Then when she knocks on the stepmother's door, you hear, you know, it's that false warmth where she's like, come in, come in, my child. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm, thing. And you definitely get that 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 dynamic. You know, Cinderella kind of hurries in and out of the stepsister's room. But right before she goes into Lady Tremaine, she stops for a second and then knocks on the door. And Lady Tremaine has the impressive ability to be intimidating while sitting in bed. And has the ability to be invisible in a bed, too, um, until you get right up on there, apparently. <laughs> she has. She keeps her room <clears throat> as dark as Marilyn Manson's house. Like, there's <laughs> no light whatsoever in her room. So she's just, like, hidden behind just this curtain of black. <laughs> yes. by the. I don't know what the name for that is, but they're, like, the overbed curtains. There's a specific kind where it, like, it juts out like a canopy. Canopy beds, yeah. Yeah, it can't be been. She's under there, um, and you know, Cinderella approaches or what have you. And we then after this incident with, you know, the mouse, because oh, the mouse thing ends with Gus still being under someone's teacup. Mm-hmm. And so as Cinderella's leaving to like go back downstairs and start her chores or again, whatever, I think it's Anastasia screams. It was under Anastasia's teacup. So Anastasia screams, run out, and she's yelling for her mom. And Drizella comes out, is like, the fuck did you do? And comes in there. And then then Cinderella gets summoned into the room. Again. Yeah. She's in trouble. And basically, this conversation is stepmother saying, hey, so you're just going to be our indentured servant. And you are our indentured servant. Yeah, you need to do everything. And... If you don't, I'm not really sure what the consequences are. And that's the thing. It just seems like they punish her more because she gets mad at her. She's like, you clearly have a ton of time to play jokes. So you're also going to do all these things. You're going to scrub the terrace, sweep the halls and the chimney. Yeah. All all this stuff. Give the cat a bath. Which always goes well. Yeah. And that was such a like... Okay, Cinderella could probably literally walk out her front, her unlocked front door at any time. But I guess maybe this is a little bit of like Stockholm syndrome where she feels like they have something over her. I'm not entirely sure what her 
Well, she's still a, she's still a minor, I think, at this point. She's supposed to be like 16 or something. So she still lives in, you know, this is also, you know, hundreds of years ago, women were property, a single unmarried girl, even though she's pretty. It'd be like, it would be hard for her to go places. It's like, I understand why she stays, but also it does suck. (laughs) Well, let's have a really, really big uh, economic change because we switch from that over to the the palace. Instantly where we meet the weirdest king. (laughs) This man is nuts. I was so confused. I was like, is he dying soon? Why does he have such a, like... The very first thing that he he cares about is the fact that his son is coming home, but his son needs to marry. But not just marry. He doesn't even really care about marriage. He just wants grandkids. He, he really just actually, Yeah, that's all this is. He doesn't want anything else. Like, there's a point uh, later on where he's saying, like, it doesn't, like, surely there's one girl that he could, like, find to be a mother. And his, uh, the Grand Duke has to interject, be like, you mean his wife? And he's like, whatever. Yeah, I guess he cares most about propagating the family line. But then That's later, all we all he cares about. But then we it's see so him playing weird. with the grandkids. So I wonder if he just likes small, like he really likes having small. No, he children has or that something. weird. He has that weird dream where his like theoretical future grandkids are like riding on his back. He's obsessed with just having grandkids. He's one of those parents who's like, "When are you going to give me uh-huh. grandbabies?" When are you gonna give me grandkids? When am I gonna have grandbabies? That's what he's doing to his to his kid. Did I miss where they where they mentioned where the prince was? No, because I wrote down where has the prince been this entire time? Um, because so, they mentioned he's coming home, but I'm like, from where or what? What has he been doing? So apparently, in earlier drafts, uh, the prince had more character development and he had more of a backstory and like more of a role. Okay. So like in an abandoned opening, uh, the prince was shown hunting a deer. Mm. Um, but then at the end of the sequence, it turns out that the deer and the prince were really friends. So okay. I guess that it was kind of that. Maybe maybe the idea was that the prince was on a hunting trip or that like there's this indication that the prince is just kind of having fun and living his life. And the king is like, no, 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 no. You need to to give me children and then you can go have fun and live your life. But we need those grandchildren first. Yeah, you need to settle down and get married. That's his whole thing. He's like, settle down, get married, have kids. Have yeah. my grandkids and, and do it in 24 hours. Yeah. Cause that, yeah, he's like, we're going to throw a ball. He's like, it totally makes sense. We're going to throw a ball. Cause like my, the prince is coming home naturally makes sense to have a ball. And not only are we going to have a ball tonight, by the way, tonight again, uh, we want every <laughs> eligible maiden in the kingdom to attend. How big is this kingdom that you can just summon everybody from there? We use, you get the wide shots. Of like where Cinderella's house is in loca- in location to mm-hmm. the rest of the kingdom, and there's a hundreds of houses there. There's a lot. I mean, okay, I guess I guess this is. Um, do we know when in France this time period is? Maybe the 1800s or so, something like that. It's based on the fairy tale that was written in 1697. Okay, so 1690s. All right, so maybe <laughs> maybe by that point. Half of the maidens have some type of disease, um, so maybe they're not eligible. So maybe it makes a ball more reasonable. I don't know. I just also wonder how they let everyone know. They didn't have, like, text or anything. You couldn't just send out something on Nextdoor. Like, yeah. I Didn't they get invites? Door-to-door they invites. Did. They did. had some poor right. man so they, going around. <laughs> that's my question. Like, how did he get all the way out there in time? 
<laughs> yeah, it would literally be, hey, here's your invite. The ball starts in five minutes. Yeah, you're because supposed to be there me now. Five hours to get here. Yeah. Precisely. And it does also seem like they send carriages for them. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but like they're very prepared for this. But um Yeah, he decides Ooh. what's gonna happen. I just got it. Time. I just got it. Mm. The whole time that this prince has away has been away, maybe he's been gone for a month. All okay. the king has been doing has been planning this ball in his head. But he didn't tell anybody else in the palace about it. Exactly. It seems necessary because wouldn't you want them to have time to like make the like ice sculptures and stuff? Not if you're a jerk king who believes that everyone needs to be able to read their mind. We've all worked with these types of bosses. It's true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he decides he's going to have this party and deploys these like poor delivery dudes out like they're Amazon. And um, we cut back to the Tremaine house where they're having a music lesson. Music in huge quotes. Well, it turns into music when Cinderella comes about because, of course, she's Cinderella. But yeah, and beforehand, the two stepdaughters are singing terribly. Sing Sweet Nightingale, which the entire lyrics of that song are Sing Sweet Nightingale. High above me. Yeah. That's it. Over Uh, and over again. mm -hmm. And we hear Cinderella doing this. And I gotta say, it's really interesting how Cinderella is able to sing with three voices at the same time. Well, I have a fun factoid about that as well. Is it that she's an alien? Uh, I wish. A meteorite landed near her. Um, (laughs) No. So actually, during the production of this film, Disney pioneered the use of double-tracked vocals, Mm -hmm. um, which were then used in the future for the Beatles. So Eileen Woods, who was the singing voice of Cinderella, uh, recorded... Yeah, just the singing voice. There was a different voice for the vocal um, performance. No, this is the same one. No, I meant um, uh, speaking. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the live action motion because that was yes. The Helene was Stanley was the live model. She was. Uh, side note: that woman was the live model for several, several important businesses. Indeed, she was. Um, and she was also the live model for Anastasia Tremaine, one of the ugly steps. Yes. Uh. So yeah. So so when Eileen Woods had finished recording "Sing Sweet Nightingale," Walt asked if she could sing harmony with herself. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that sounds really weird. But then they ended up doing this double recording and then included second and third part harmonies. Mm-hmm. And this was a new innovation. It sounds really cool. It definitely does. It's just weird to think of one person having three, vo- uh, six vocal cords. This is like it, Willie the Whale. I was going to say, maybe she swallowed a couple opera singers. <laughs> um, but but that gets interrupted by uh, the Amazon driver finally arriving at the door. And she takes Cinderella answers the door because, of course, she's the slave of the house and interrupts the music lesson to tell them uh, to tell them that the letter has come, which stepmother reads and tells them there's going to be a ball and that Mm -hmm. all eligible maidens are to attend. And Anastasia goes, and I'm so eligible. What a mood. We all went. Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) We all we all have a friend of your we all have an Anastasia as a friend. I wrote I wrote that line down too. Where I was yep, like, and I'm yeah. so eligible. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, Cinderella points out that she is also eligible too. And Lady Tremaine shockingly agrees. She's like, "Yeah, you should totally go to the ball." Uh, here's the thing, though: you need to do all your chores first. Reasonable. We've had this discussion, and you need to do all the special chores to make sure that you know my girls look good take out the ball the the super secret surprise last minute chores yeah um 
And totally, totally last minute thing. And you understand cinders um, as you do, because we know you like fashion and sewing. Um, you need to have something appropriate to wear. Yeah. So can you, a big um, girl. Can, can you do a RuPaul's Drag Race style dress making challenge and make a dress in four hours? Well, no. <laughs> it turns out the answer was going to be yes until she had more chores to do. Um, pesky, pesky, pesky chores. And Oh God, they always, they're always calling on her. Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day. It's Cinderella. Cinderella. Make the fire, fix the breakfast. (laughs) I know most of that song. It's such a, it is a fun song. It was also Um, on a sing-along songs VHS from Disney. I had that one. Again, I didn't have Cinderella, but I had that tape and it had, one tape had Cinderella on it and a different one had Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. So I knew those songs. Well, and and like Cinderella is such a like such a popular song um, because it turns out that Cinderella has been working on a dress. I guess it's her for late some mom's reason. dress. Oh, it's her late mom's dress. Okay, yes, she says so she, she yeah like when she takes it out, she's like it belonged to my mother or something or something like that. Yeah, it was so mom's. So she thought, well, okay, I can embellish this to wear it to yeah. the ball. And of course, she can't because she's forced to do all of these chores and doesn't have time. So the mice are like, well, <laughs> let's help. Um, and that's when they break into the song of Cinderella and start sewing the dress. And like one of the female mice says, leave the sewing to the women. We, you can get the trimming, but I have to, I have to give it credit. I do like how excited the guys were to sew this dress. They were like, I'll do the cutting and I'll do the sewing. Get me involved. I am all in on making this dress. Mm-hmm. They were very excited, but no, they get sent on a retrieval mission for a sash and some beads, which turns into yet another episode of The Cat and the Mice. Yeah, and this is again where I came to the realization that we're watching a buddy movie between Gus and Jock. Yeah. Uh, because they it's like a cat and mouse hijink break about every 15 minutes in this movie. <laughs> it's so annoying because it's it's repetitive over... Like, we see... Jack-Jack distracts Lucifer by leading him into a pile of what looks like dirty clothes. Yeah. And we spend so long with Lucifer looking for Jack-Jack in these clothes. We spend so long in just the pile of clothes and Gus-Gus, like, absolutely failing to pick up beads. It could have been half the length it was and the whole plot would have come through. Remember how we talked about another movie having a um, 64-minute runtime like it was Disney said this is the perfect length of the movie. I sometimes wonder if that was the case with Cinderella, uh, where the actual plot of Cinderella that mostly focused on her was too short. And Walt Disney was like, no, 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 no. We need to make this movie exactly this length. What can we add in? I don't know. But I just was... stupid. Because <laughs> they obviously get them. They come back and they assemble the dress. And I actually... I wrote down that I actually liked the dress reveal when, you know, Cinderella comes upstairs after she's, you know, she tells her stepmother as they're leaving for the ball. She's like, the carriage is here. They are like, oh, aren't you going? And she says, no, she manages to keep it together. Okay. Goes upstairs. She's doing the thing where she's like, I bet it would have been really boring and dumb. And then she slips out of characters like it actually would have been really fun. Yeah, I just had her daydreaming about like. Yeah, she's sad. But then we have a cute. I I thought it was a genuinely sweet moment where the mice turn on, like they light a candle, 
and open the dress and open the her wardrobe to show that the, they've made her dress for her. And they're all yelling surprise. And I actually really liked Cinderella's reaction. She was really excited, but she was mostly stumbling over trying to thank them properly. She wasn't doing like, oh, it's so beautiful. I'm going to look amazing. She was like, I-, I don't know how to thank you. This is this is amazing. Thank you so humble. much. She's so yeah. humble. And she but like it ends with her just holding on to it and just going, thank you. Like, she's just happy. Yeah. And I thought that was really cute because it. It it was a genuine moment where it's like she could have completely lost her head, but she was mostly just like, you guys, you did this for me. No one's ever done something like this for me. Thank you. And then it all gets ruined when she runs downstairs and she's excitedly showing everyone her dress and they ruin the last thing she had from her mom. <laughs> yeah. Tear it to shreds. Well, it's because they, so, so the uh, necklace and the sash that were in addition were actually discarded by Drizella and Anastasia. Yes. And Mother Tremaine notices this on Cinderella's dress. and kind The daughters of do them. not. The daughters do not, but then kind of goes them and is like, aren't those your beads? And then and Anastasia doesn't notice like, at first. Oh, whichever yeah. sister doesn't at first, she was like, no, I don't. She has to think about it. Then she's like wait yeah and then they you know the scene we've seen in the trailer a million times they lash out at her and they they rip the necklace off which i'm kind of like not that it's okay but it's like okay that was your necklace you take it off cared so much right you cared so much right and the sash is like i guess that was yours too but everything else was cinders like that was her dress that was her material those were her threads yeah and of course because you know lady tremaine is queen of petty she just watches it, lo- watches just long enough to, for the dress to be destroyed. And then she's like, she calls off the dog. She's like, girls, girls, girls. No, no, no. Let's go. We have to go now. She basically waited until she realized that her uh, dogs, I mean, daughters were mm-hmm. going to rip the dress to shreds so much that Cinderella would be naked. And she was probably like, no, we don't want to see that. Like yeah. she had to stop her kids before they, or possibly killed Cinderella, which was also they were getting pretty violent. It, it was it, they. It's like they weren't looking where they were grabbing anymore. Someone was about to grab some skin, some hair, and some skin. It was going to get gross. Yeah, Cinderella <laughs> would have needed her face repaired for the ball if we weren't too careful. <laughs> yeah, but thankfully she gets away um, physically unscathed. But I have I didn't remember. Again, I'm an adult now, and everything is weirdly emotional. I was actually sad for her because she just kind of stands there for a second she doesn't even do that thing where she like yells or anything she just the door closes oh she's defeated she's oh yeah she's ruined she just stands there in utter fucking disbelief and then just sprints away sobbing she goes back to the garden which is like her safe place but she's like that's she doesn't even have any fight left she's done and she says it she says out loud she's like i'm done dreaming i'm fucking done hoping like i can't i can't do it anymore i can't be holding on to things that aren't going to come true i'm i'm done this is it i'm finished yeah like i'm absolutely done but it turns out uh after her fling and cry which is one of my favorite things that disney princesses do i've done it i've done it before and if if you've never been in a situation where you're like really want to cry and you just like don't fling yourself on a bed and like wail (laughs) or whatever surface you have nearby it could be a rock it could be a bench it actually helps it's very cathartic because you know you're being extra and that just lends to it just um, do be careful if you are going to fling yourself onto hard surfaces because we are still squishy both emotionally and yes. physically. But the um, but if you do fling yourself onto a stone bench, the good news is it could transition into a really, really soft, gentle lap. It could, and especially if you hit you hit your head hard enough to make a concussion, <laughs> you it's might get true. that. 
it's but true. You, but yeah, she does transition into crying onto her fairy godmother's lap, which I also feel like maybe I missed some backstory as to where this fairy godmother might have come from. How? That's unimportant. She just appears. But I actually wrote down, and I don't remember the exact moment in that that made me write this down. I wrote down very kind transformation transition to transformation and i think what i was going for was that the fairy got like i don't remember it but i kind of remember the fairy godmother blustering in and being like no 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 this won't do let's make everything over but i actually watching again she was being extremely kind about everything she was like hmm you'll need this so she's being very reassuring she's like it's okay it's gonna be okay you know don't worry we're gonna fix things Mm-hmm. you know it'll be all right stop she doesn't tell she's not yelling or she's like it's all right just stop crying this is this is a solvable problem and then she goes about solving it in a kind of a silly way where she's being silly but she's thinking things things through kind like of. she has a, she's kind of got a plan here she's got an overall vision for how the day's the night's going to end up she doesn't really know how we're going to get there but she knows we're going to end up with horses a coach and a princess So my feeling is the fairy godmother was currently in the middle of uh, some type of psychedelic trip. And as part of that trip, she ended up accidentally just kind of poofing her way into existence where Cinderella was. And was like, oh, okay, you know what? I'm just kind of going to go with this. I'm on acid or mushrooms or whatever. I'm just going to go with this. Oh, you need to go to a ball? Can help you out. Don't worry about it. What makes the most sense here? Uh, Let's turn a pumpkin into a carriage, um, mice into horses. Uh, horses into coachmen, uh, dogs into footmen. Um, oh, you need a dress. Your dress is terrible. I'm going to make you a beautiful dress and with the most reasonable footwear I can imagine in the current state I'm in. Glass she also turns, slippers. She also turns her ears into a headband. I wrote that too. I made a, I, I drew um, later on <laughs> where Cinderella and the prince see each other. And yeah. I'm like, why they're, are her ears ear- the headband? They're the headband now. Um, I the song "Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo" still makes me happy. I that was fun for me. I hadn't heard that song in probably since the last time I saw that VHS tape, the sing along songs, and I hadn't heard it in quite some time. But it's it still made me happy. It was like this is just a fun song. It's it's fun. It's cute. It's just fun, and it's it's just it's literally bubbly. Like it's fun to say "Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo." Say it now with us all. Bibbidi. Bobbity. Boo. It is fun. And that made me happy. Uh, I also noted, going back to, again, Cinderella's character, is that she's actually grateful for it. It's not fake gratitude. There's this, there's a thing I wrote down where she was, um, she was saying thank you. And the fairy godmother kind of cuts her, not cuts her off, but she's like, that's all I can do. Like, this is only until midnight. And she says it in a way where it's like, I'm sorry, that's all I can give you. Mm-hmm. As though she's expecting Cinderella to be like, that's all. But Cinderella is actually just like, honestly, this is more than I ever thought I would get. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like um, Cinderella really sets the uh, the template for future Disney princesses in the yes. way that they're supposed to be somewhat humble, which is really funny because you would think that that should have been established with Snow White, but frankly, mm-hmm. Snow White was just a breaking and entering um, jerk who just kind of took over. She was a funny little bandit with a, an agenda. Yeah. Cinderella's just more like, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful for everyone else helping me. I am not, I'm literally not the main character in my own story. Right. <laughs> but the I And then we, we cut to the ball itself. She's like, she's on her way and she's wearing, waving to the fairy godmother. And then we actually cut to the palace where 
Um, the prince is just repeatedly greeting people over and over again. And I wrote down like in this kingdom, because he said the king called for every eligible maiden in the kingdom. There is a lot of royalty and nobility in this kingdom. There's lots of ladies and princes, princesses and duchesses. And yeah. yeah. The king and his advisor are sitting up in the rafters like, um, you're going to have to tell me the two old men again from the Muppet show. Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, Statler and Waldorf commenting on all of this. And the king comments about how the prince isn't cooperating when literally the prince is just cardboard standing there and saying hello to the millions of people. He's actually doing exactly what he's supposed to. He he hasn't yeah. he hasn't done what I would have started doing, which he's still giving every single woman a full bow. I'd be doing head nods by now. He is still giving them the full, like proper, genuine, pleased to make your acquaintance bow, even though you can see him yawning between people. But like, he doesn't even yawn openly. He yawns behind his hand. <laughs> he's so polite. He's so polite. You think and, polite? And, and all of the women that they introduce go up one by one except for the evil stepsisters who for some reason are a package deal and yeah. revolt literally everyone when Inclu- they appear but i'll tell you who doesn't revolt everybody is another woman that we see and her name is mercedes de la tour and i just want to know which f1 to um company she sponsors today right like are, is mercedes- this the original mercedes was mercedes de la tour the f- that was a fucking name. It was like someone like someone likes fancy cars at Disney. Where uh, well, where was she in the 1940s? Because Mercedes was also a pretty uh, popular car with the Nazis. Mercedes, we have questions. Mrs. De La Tour, get over here. <laughs> Mrs. De La Tour. Miss, um, uh, this is where this is where the king makes that crazy comment. Who was like, he's not cooperating. Surely one of them will make a suitable mother. And the Grand Duke is like, you mean wife, like a normal person, right? <laughs> He came at some level of attractive standards where he thought that his his village or his land was just far more sexy than it actually was because he kept commenting on like how none of these women are as beautiful as he imagines, which I'm going to take out the side note of, okay, King, take a look in the mirror maybe as far as like attractive levels go. Sure. Like that's bullshit. <laughs> like he definitely had this thought of like our, our village is full of sexy. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just realized he got the pop-up ad that said there are sexy singles in your area and thought of looking to meet you yeah Yeah. (laughs) and jeez but yeah he is really upset that this is like that the prince is not just stripping down to and like proposing to women um and the next thing that happens is i actually thought this was funny the Grand Duke goes off on a little monologue where he's like, I bet you thought this was just going to be this whole thing where all of a sudden he's bowing and then he looks up. He's so bored. All these women. And then <laughs> stop. He sees her. Cry. And as he's doing this stupid narration, Prince Charming is looking up from a bow. He sees Cinderella and the Grand Duke is going on. And suddenly he walks towards her. He must know her. He must have her. And then he, I, I enjoyed that segment. Then he laughs to himself. He goes, that's just a pretty plot for fairy tales. And the King responds by going, Take a look at that, you pompous windbag. I wrote that too. I love that line. And I and I also kind of love like the way that scene worked because it yeah, looked like too. Cinderella and so there's this big congregation of people yes. and then kind of outside is Cinderella and she seems to have She's kind late. Of, she's coming up the stairs late. 
she's kind of con- coming up the stairs late but it also kind of seemed like she was kind of confusedly dancing her way through like there was a lot of like her just kind of going back and forth the background like oh god where do i go do i go to the giant open room where all of those people are no i'll just stand here i'll just stand here and then the prince goes over and talks to her and we have no idea what's said but that they start dancing i really want to know what that conversation was it would be wonderful, but we don't get to hear any of that. We 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 just see them start dancing, and then we cut back to the royal box where the king immediately is like, "All right, he's dancing with her. I'm gonna go to bed. You're gonna hang here and be my eyes and ears. And when he proposes, come and wake me immediately." Bye. So the the this movie is uh, I think it's it's a little over an hour. Um, it's seventy four minutes according so 70... to the online websites. Yeah, so 74 minutes. So 50 minutes in is where Cinderella and the prince actually meet. Mm-hmm. And they have their whole beautiful dance together. They have a whole song together. And then at 54 minutes in, the prince speaks his first words, which are, what's the matter? But before we get to that, um, we have a little 10 second ditty of Lady Tremaine talking to her daughters at the back of the crowd trying to figure out if they know Cinderella. And I was going to, you know, you give them the benefit of the doubt when she's on the other side of the room. You know, you're looking through a lot of people, whatever. But then she dances right by them. They basically, they don't make eye contact because Cinderella is obviously falling in love. But they're close enough where they could have made eye contact. And Lady Tremaine goes, there is something familiar about her. Bitch, she lives in your house. I think that really shows how... uh rich people may not pay attention to yeah. what the help actually looks like no she had no one idea it's like girl she brings you your breakfast every day yeah she probably knows what your ass looks like because she helps you dress I, so the other thing is um i don't know if it was just the lighting or what but i do feel like when cinderella is in her uh slave form her mm-hmm. hair is more of a dirty blonde and then when she becomes very a princess, golden it's golden yeah yeah that is she well it's it's the trade-off if you want your hair to change when you transform you have to lose your ears oh crap that's a good like thing to think about um but yeah the prince speaks his first line which is what's the matter i didn't realize by the way until this point that cinderella did not know that wasn't the prince I thought that was abundantly clear when she came in the room and this man was standing on a dais bowing to people and then he left the platform just red seed everyone out of his way and came over to her and she was like wow this dude's really nice i wonder which catering company he's working for tonight right like the two of them dance with basically an entire audience oh it is a whole audience yeah and cinderella is just like so enamored i guess by his small beady eyes that she doesn't notice literally the rest of the congregation is just watching them and not dancing so maybe this is an important person no she has no idea and we find this out because when he goes the the clock starts to ring midnight and of course she starts panicking and he asks a reasonable question which is what's the matter and she starts just babbling like it's i can't i just lay and the prince and she says something along the lines of i did she didn't say this exactly but she said something along the lines of i didn't even meet the prince I know, and then he goes, and then he says, and he's about to say, you no, know? he's <laughs> basically about to say, I'm the prince. And before he can get as exactly, he's like, didn't you know? And then she's just, zoop. she, she zoops, zoops out of there real quick. 
Um, and I'm going to steal a line here from the practical folks, a channel I used to watch on YouTube who no longer does their drunk Disney series. What is up with her buttery feet that she just loses a shoe? That's never happened to me. Okay, so so glass slippers are, oh, right, are that's fair. aside from the fact that these are terrible. Have you ever worn um, jelly shoes? Yeah, I have. They do make your feet sweat. They make your feet sweat. So I assume that glass slippers are the same way because there's nothing breathable in the glass. It's impressive for, again, I want to mention how freaking tiny her toe, her feet she are. She has deer hooves for feet. She has deer hooves and they're somehow able to like hold up her body, which it's not like she's proportional to have deer hooves. <laughs> she's like the same size as the other women. Um, So it's amazing that she's able to put so much weight on, on this that- glass glass slippers that well. that does make a lot more sense as to why she loses her shoe now but i re- i forgot that most all of the lines we hear the prince speak happen in this little segment here mm-hmm. and he's asking to be fair some pretty reasonable questions like you can't well, not asking he's saying like normal stuff he's like you can't go we just met like, like you can't go now i don't even know your name he's he's being pretty rational for a second where he's like you can't go be like i mean he's he's he doesn't grab her arm either he doesn't force her to stay he's just trying to tell her like you can't like we're having a good time i don't know who you are how will i he asked how will i find you he's like just give me something please i can't hear you i'm sorry i'm sorry i can't hear you the headband the headband replaced all my ears, <laughs> all my ears. that's why i can't hear anything my i'm sorry i can't hear you my ears are under my hair um uh, but okay apparently cinderella loses a shoe three times in the film she does she loses uh, three shoes yeah she loses it first when she's delivering the breakfast trays in the beginning this is correct Second, when she's running away from the ball and then when the she gets married end. yeah so this woman just can't wear footwear shoes. I she needs a she needs a t-strap on her shoe is what we're learning she needs a strap on her shoe cinderella put a strap on there Cinderella, get yourself some Birkenstocks. Like yes. maybe part of the problem is you're wearing really uncomfortable. Get shoes. some Vans. Get Tie some vans. them. Yeah, nothing. Up- nothing's more gorgeous than a woman in a ball gown with Vans. If the sensible gown is long footwear. enough. Yeah, sensible footwear. See, um, then you can dance all night, and you won't yeah. turn into a pumpkin. And the the prince has decided that, like a real gentleman, he's not going to forcibly restrain this woman against her will. But let me just tell you that that is not the Grand Duke's plan. His plan is to kidnap her because she is running to her coach and he is like, close the gates. Don't let her leave. But then when she gets out of the gates, he sends, I, um, who are they? The, ra- the race the from Nazgul. fucking the Nazgul. He yeah. sends the fucking Nazgul after her. Like, did he, did he, black knights. <laughs> Did he acquire them from like, okay, wait a second. Sorry. I'm linking. I'm going to link this to Ichabod and and Mr. Toad. Did one of his knights defect and go to New York and that became the headless horseman as part of the Ichabod story? Because they're the same evil. (laughs) They are. They are. They are. They're the Nazgul. They are. They are, these are not the people you send out to retrieve wayward children. These are the people you send out to behead your enemies. These are assassins. Hey, nothing says, boy, I can't wait to meet my new daughter-in-law than sending out the most evil creatures you can to forcibly bring her back because you think that your, your son is in love with 
Yeah. Well, to be fair, he I I left out that the king threatened the Grand Duke's life before he went to bed, saying, That's if true. anything goes wrong, I'm holding your ass responsible. So to be fair to the Grand Duke, he's panicking mm-hmm. because he's like in an absolute tizzy. But despite all this, you know, the magic wears off. Um, the, the mice are mice again, everyone. And they're in the they're just kind of sprawled in the middle of the road. Um, but then they hear the fucking the fucking black army, the dark army coming, the shadow warriors coming for them. And they run off the road and they, you know, the knights run by and trample the pumpkin. And despite all of this, you can tell everyone is worried. Like the mice are looking at Cinderella and Bruno and everyone with trepidation because they're expecting she's sad. Dude, she's still fucking grateful. She's still like, well, it was a nice night. Come on, time to get home. So I think it's okay. How many weed gummies did she eat before all this? Because she took all of this so in stride. She even apologizes for being, oh, she apologizes for being late. She's like, I am so sorry for all the drama, you guys. I was just having a good time. It was so much fun. I didn't mean for it to turn into this thing. I'm really sorry. It's like, stop apologizing. Yeah, like everyone else is like, at this point. you were literally there for 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, and almost got us all killed. <laughs> what so- is <laughs> So I also I go back to my my theory of the the fairy godmother being high as fuck because why did she decide that of all of these temporary things that she created the glass slippers are the thing that should stick around why not like something reasonable like your headband the headpiece. and you could put over no she need her ear hear. no she, she needs her ears back oh uh, that's fair but there's the necklace that's a beautiful little choker that actually that's a better idea the choker would have fit but I I did did like that there was something tangible from her night that she could have i thought that was a cute gesture that no matter what it was it was it was nice that as a concept it's like magic can only do so much but just here something that you can actually have in your hand to remind you that it wasn't a dream this was real this is for you i thought that that any of the mice that you talk to are going to tell Mm -hmm. you either (laughs) but it's it's nice. It was a nice gesture. Um, and then we cut back to one of my favorite things, which is the Grand Duke rehearsing a speech to an empty throne, mm-hmm. which I, I absolutely adore. I love that. And he's holding because he grabs the the glass slipper mm-hmm. and the glass slipper is smaller than his entire hand. Yeah, it's like it's as big as one of his fingers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and because so- he is he is nervous because he's gearing up to tell the king that the you saw you knew that that love you saw that dancing thing uh she 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 escaped um yeah. and so he goes and interrupts the king who is having the worst dream wherein he is acting as oh, like a, a pommel horse to two theoretical grandkids and is just lolloping around on the bed okay so so let's do a little bit of side commentary here this okay. is the worst dream for you and me who do not want children okay this is true this was this was a this for normal people. This was a no, nah, not normal. No, 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 no. This is still weird because this isn't him wanting his own kids. This is him wanting grandchildren, somebody yeah. else's kids, effectively. No, I know. I'm thinking, um, like a lot of I think a lot of grandparents like like to fantasize about being able to play with their grandchildren. So what this okay, was was fair. him playing horsey. With yes, two very blonde, extremely kids. blonde. They look like Cinderella. Yeah, not like his own kid. Black hair. Yeah, yeah, so he was like, so in his mind, I guess he was already thinking, like, my son needs to marry a blonde. <laughs> well, he saw Cinderella last night. He knows what she looks like. As far as he's concerned, this is a done fucking deal. 
That's true. That's true. Yeah, because as soon as the Grand Duke walks in, he's the king is immediately he shoves 500 cigars in his mouth and starts lighting them all. And he's like, it's happening. It's real. He doesn't ask any questions. He doesn't verify. He's just like, start the wedding. Let's let's go. Then also immediately switches gears when the Grand Duke says, oh, not quite. She fled. And he says, sabotage. You're in league with the prince the whole time. And starts, he was originally going to knight him with the sword, because that's what you're going to do. And then he immediately starts trying to behead him. Yeah, he splits a cigar in half with a sword. Mm -hmm. And then they have this uh, yelling argument wherein the Grand Duke and the King are bouncing up and down on the bed and yelling at each other as they pass each other going up and down about how she only she got away but we have this slipper and the prince wants to marry her he's he's expositing for us as they both jump up and down until they get stuck on the chandelier and they're both hanging from the chandelier and that's where the grand duke finally gets it out that the Mm -hmm. prince has decided that he is going to marry this woman and then the chandelier breaks and we hear a goofy yell yeah this is the first time the goofy holler is heard Mm -hmm. in a full-length feature disney film and then the um, the king says something like, great, we'll just, you know, try the shoe on. And the Grand Duke brings up a very good point. He says, this slipper may fit any number of girls. And the king immediately goes, that's his problem. So I, I want to take a step back as well and say, have none of these men seen feet? Because this slipper will feet, will feet, will fit many a maiden as long as she's under the age of like eight (laughs) yeah or if she's part deer or if she's part deer all of the mystical deer women out in the forest yeah and i uh, but yeah this king is just so like no 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 apparently the prince said we're good we can we can marry him off uh let's get all of the ladies with the smallest feet (laughs) there's a proclamation made um i actually wrote i actually found the text for it Mm-hmm. They put a notice out and the notice says all loyal subjects of his imperial majesty are hereby notified by royal proclamation that in regard to a certain glass slipper it is upon this day decreed that a quest be instituted throughout the length and breadth of our domain. The sole and express purpose of said quest is as follows to wit that every single maiden in our beloved kingdom shall try upon her foot this aforementioned slipper of glass. And should one be found whose foot shall properly fit said slipper, such maiden will be acclaimed the subject of this search and the one and only true love of his royal highness, our noble prince. And said royal highness will humbly request the hand of said maiden in marriage to rule with him over all the land as royal princess and future queen. So the problem with that proclamation is they should have done what, what if something is lost and it's valuable, what you really should do, which is send out a notice that says, hey, somebody lost a slipper. If you can describe what it looks like, mm-hmm. it's yours. But instead, they do the worst way to do it, which is we're going to try this on for all thousands of you. Mm hmm that are eligible in the kingdom yeah and we see that actually play out because that's what lady tremaine has to explain to her two daughters she's like because of course the two daughters are, are trying to say i don't i'm not involved in this we know who he was dancing with it wasn't us why are we bothering with this and she has to explain to them what we've already figured out is that <laughs> girls it's a shoe shoes fit lots of people you dumb bitches get dressed and try on this shoe we also very clearly see 
uh, Drizzy and Anna's feet, which look like they come from the Martin and Coys. They're from... related to um, Ichabod Crane with his shovels yeah. for feet. Yeah, they have the largest <laughs> feet. And I guess, okay, I did write, if the shoe fits, you must acquit. Like, <laughs> I just, I couldn't help myself. Um, but I, okay, so I loved this scene because this proclamation, this proclamation is delivered to their door. Cinderella gets it, brings it up to the stepmother who then runs in and goes talk, goes and talks to the children um, and explains it. And Cinderella is kind of standing in the doorway and they're basically Listening. like, oh, you have to get dressed. You have to get dressed for this. And they're throwing all these clothes on Cinderella. And Cinderella is just standing there daydreaming about the prince when she learns about the proclamation and she just looks so stoned she's so baked right now it's it's so hilarious because she's just like i couldn't care less about, about this exactly and it's true and you know anastasia is actually the first one to notice it she's the one who's like what's up with her mm-hmm. um and Drizella's is like, yeah, seriously, what's wrong with you? We have to get dressed. And Cinderella, in the highest way possible, just goes, yeah, I must get dressed. And just awkwardly pushes what she's holding into Drizella's arms. Not even, like, checking to see if Drizella had her arms out. Just kind of, like, handing her stuff to her. And then slowly waltz dances herself down the... She floats. <laughs> and predictably... Everyone else is watching her like, what the fuck? They still don't connect. They don't get it. Admittedly, to be fair to the daughters, I wouldn't either. I'd be like, who broke Cindy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did we hit her too hard? Um, but it's cool because Lady Tremaine's got this under control. She um, recognizes exactly what happens and just happens to always carry the key to Cinderella's room in her pocket. No, she took the key out. Um oh, did Cinderella, she? Yeah, Cinderella I didn't goes back up to her room. Yes, and, she does. Uh, Lady Tremaine, the, the key is in the door on the inside where Cinderella could lock it herself. Oh! And she grabs the key and takes it and puts it in her pocket oh, and closes shit. the door quickly. I thought yeah. she had it on her. No, because then Cinderella's like, no, 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 no. This is so unfair. What are you yeah. doing? Why? Like, well, she tricks Cinderella to locking her in the, into the room. But it she was. She doesn't trick her at all, actually. She just follows her upstairs. I don't even think Cinderella knew she was following her up the stairs because what she sees is the door closing on her. That's all she sees. And then she starts to scream. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. So she kind of like sneaks up past there, but she like very quickly grabs the key. Oh, I missed that. I I think I was writing a note. She kind of goes like yoink. I thought she had it. Okay. I must've missed her grabbing the key because I just remember her closing the door. And by this time she has the key in her hand. And mm-hmm. that's when Cinderella notices she's in trouble. That's when she notices someone has followed her up the stairs. Yeah. And then she gets locked in and she, like, I, you know, sometimes, you know, and this is a thing that we've talked about where it's like, they always pick actresses for Disney, usually pick princesses, princess actresses who are very good at emoting mm-hmm. because she, you can hear her panicking when she's begging to be let out. You can hear Irene as being like, she's desperate. She's, you hear it come through in her acting. She's begging to be let out. Yeah, for sure. And and like we were talking about kind of the live action version of this. So 90% mm-hmm. of this film was done in live action before it was animated. Mm-hmm. And uh, Helen Stanley, as we mentioned, is the the model. And I think she did such a good job of emoting <laughs> physically did. as well. She really did. It definitely it really influences that Disney princess look. Yeah. And, and motion. 
but I, I liked that. And you can, he, and also I noticed there is an intensity change in Eileen because, you know, when she's talking to the, to the mice and the birds at first, she, she's desperate, but as she's noticing time is going by and <laughs> it's, you know, the mice are getting up, there's a, the mice managed to get the key. And I, I kind of ignored this whole point because there's another Lucifer and mouse thing. And mm-hmm. Lucifer gets the key basically by trapping Gus under a teacup because mm-hmm. it comes back around which by the way they don't show lucifer or the teacup arriving just all of a sudden gus is under a teacup and lucifer's there um with the key and when she starts screaming at the other animals to go get the dog to go get bruno you, she gets more upset the yeah. more time is going on she is getting more and more hysterical well it's important to note that that all of this stuff is happening while the archduke and his foot soldier basically have stopped by the house they arrive basically as soon as lady tremaine locks the door on cinderella they that's basically when he arrives as soon as she turns that key they're there Mm -hmm. so yeah time is running out and she knows they all that she only has as long as he is in the house which luckily is apparently (laughs) ours because for some reason they they allow drizella and anastasia to try to cram their feet into these shoes for so long that the duke the duke's exhausted he's gone to every single house up to (laughs) this one which is far away yes and he shows up exhausted but despite all that he actually reads a little decree Mm -hmm. thing and i took the quest the quote from this directly too because it was a slightly more ridiculous version of the decree yes so what he says is it is upon this day decreed that a quest be instituted throughout the length and breadth of our domain, the sole and express purpose of the quest to be as follows, that every single maiden in our beloved kingdom, without prearranged exception, shall try upon her foot this A42 slipper of glass. And should one be found upon whose foot said slipper shall properly fit, such maiden shall be acclaimed the object of his search and immediately forthwith shall be looked locked upon as the one and only true love of his royal highness, our beloved son and heir, the noble prince. The noble prince will humbly and upon bended knee beg, request, or if need be, implore the maiden that they grant her hand in marriage. Well, whereupon should the aforementioned maid look upon fa- look with favor upon his suit, but shall the happy couple pledge their troth on and in just dues upon the inevitable demise of his most gracious and august majesty, the king, succeed to the throne there to rule over all the land as king and queen of our beloved kingdom. So be it. So, I mean, I don't know what the problem is. That's just as convoluted as any modern day governmental. I know. It was like, that just sounded like the preamble (laughs) to the constitution, except it uh, mentioned a lot more marriage and begging. Yeah. But part of the reason he's in the house so long is because he has to read that. And he's tired. So it takes him a few tries. And then he keeps almost falling asleep in his chair. And it's while he's asleep that Lady Tremaine keeps trying to bother the page that's with him to keep trying to cram the shoe on her kid's foot feet. That's yeah, what's taking some, so long. For some reason, she can she can bully this guy into doing all of that. Like it was so strange to me that nobody who is royal was like, "Uh, no, lady." It's very clear that your your two daughters have the largest feet in all the land. They might be related to, you know, the uh, giant from Jack and the Beanstalk, but apparently, you can bully me into doing this. I think it's because the whole time the Grand Duke's asleep in the chair. I think you're right. He's sleeping in a chair, and the whole reason, like, at one point after Anastasia, they keep fucking around with the shoe. Like, he wakes up for a little bit, and then they move on to to Drizella, but then he falls asleep again. So that's why it's taking Mm. forever. They're doing it on purpose. Like, Lady Tremaine is clearly stalling because she's like trying to get him to drink tea, and she's trying to get him to like do this and get comfortable. And he's like, no, no, no. But then when he sits down, he does fall asleep, and that's 
why we have so long for this cat and mouse and animal chase to go on for a million goddamn years. Yeah, and luckily the Archduke did not drink tea of mouse because Gus it does end up in the teapot and or in the teacup again. Wow, I did that twice. Whatever. And um and Lady Tremaine is a literally about to pour hot boiling tea on this mouse, which would have killed him mm-hmm. before the Duke is like, No, I'm just gonna sleep here. It's cool. Yeah, just give me like five minutes and I'll have a nap. Yeah, let me have a little <laughs> cat nap. But he does um wake up again just in time for drizella to uh slingshot the shoe across the room because she crammed her foot into it and then it burst off and yeah he catches it he catches it this time yeah yeah he catches it this time and he's like all right i think we've spent enough time in this house i it's it is time for us to go Mm -hmm. and as they are leaving cinderella comes down the stairs yes she comes down the stairs because the mice had stolen the key back. Mm-hmm. We're able to get it up this crazy huge flight of stairs. And then when Lucifer was holding Gus hostage, she sent birds to get Bruno the dog. So Bruno yeah. the dog came out and scared Lucifer the cat away. Yes. So and they then could get the key. Cinderella can finally let herself loose. There are less than 10 minutes left in this movie, so we uh-huh. have to move quickly and wrap it up. So, yeah, she comes down and they're about to be like, okay, let's try this, sh- this shoe on you. But it does get broken. Was it? Well, did Lady Tremaine <clears throat> trip the yes. Duke? Yeah, she trips, she trips the She trips the page, the guy carrying the page. pillow. She mm-hmm. sticks out her walking stick and he trips over it and it shatters. And of course, the Duke is watching his entire life flash before his eyes because he's like, the king's going to literally behead me. But it's cool. And Cinderella starts and she's like, well, if it would help. And the Duke's like, literally, you cannot save my life, darling. Like, this is mm-hmm. nothing can help. But, I mean, it turns out she can help because Cinderella's magic and she has the other slipper. <gasps> Go figure. She had, she has two feet. They two weren't feet. counting on that. Two feet and two shoes. Two feet and two shoes. Um, I, I want to know how this slipper had not broken before this house. Like there must've been other feet that were tried to cram into it <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, how many people have tried on the shoe so far today? Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh. I'm glad that shoe broke and Cinderella had her own clean, her version. clean one before she had to put it on. It's so like, actually yeah. I'm good with that one, but I have this one. Yeah. But Hey, then, that worked. Yeah. And it, it's all good. And then speaking of yada, 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 we just immediately cut to the wedding where she's running down the same palace stairs as when she made her escape. And once again, she loses her shoe. <clears throat> but this time it's her new father-in-law who retrieves it for her. Yeah. And isn't that nice? She ends up in a carriage with the prince, literally happy ever after. We have no idea if she and the prince actually said any more words. As far as we know, they basically whisked Cinderella away, put her in a dress, and immediately put her that was front. (laughs) That's how I assumed this happened. I assumed that marriage was that same day. I didn't think that was the next day. I thought that was, oh, it's you. Get in the the carriage. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know if shotguns shotguns existed in this time period, so maybe it was more of like a blunderbuss wedding, but it was (laughs) definitely (laughs) very quick. But they... They they set up that wedding. Like she has a dress, the princes, there's flower petals. Like this this kingdom must be used to this king just deciding to throw parties because they were ready. They were ready gonna, to go. They're so they're gonna be so happy when the king passes away and they're like, Oh my god, can we actually like spend a week planning before we do something? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. 
Uh, but oh, well. I, okay, so despite the fact that I feel like the climax and the ending of the movie were once again rushed in the last <clears throat> 10 minutes. Yeah. At least it had an ending. It did. Um, the timing of the rest of the movie was pretty okay. But yeah, we definitely ran up against that. Oh, we're running out of time. And I'm going to send a goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this was this was the one of their not first, but obviously it was one of the first full length animated movies, and in my opinion, this is the one that set the tone for most of the movies to follow. Yes, absolutely. It truly a beginning of form <clears throat> is maybe yes. the right way to put it. Yes. Uh, so Gally, I have a question for you. <laughs> is it a surprise? No. It's not. It's a question I've asked many, many times before. It is, did you like this movie and would you recommend it? So despite the fact that I did not like this movie as a child, upon rewatch, I liked it for a lot of, a lot of different reasons. Like Mm -hmm. I still legitimately, I find the plot itself kind of boring and I'm not a big fan of it. Yes. But the way that it's animated, the (laughs) comparison to earlier Disney film. Yeah. Yes. I did like it. And as a result of that, I do recommend it. Uh, I am similar. Uh, For once, I did like this movie and I do recommend it. I have my normal criticisms. I think I was pretty vocal about them. I think that a lot of those chase scenes went on too long Mm -hmm. um, and dragged it out. But other than the filler, I actually liked it. I thought a lot of the dialogue was funny. I enjoyed a lot of the the animation. The songs were very fun. It's a classic for a reason. And it's, it's definitely, when you think about it, even including Snow White, it is like the 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 first disney feeling film it's a quintessential princess yeah like it's a quintessential disney princess film. she is the base yeah. on which you can see so much of the upcoming legacies of characters yeah is, is the foundation of cinderella well we are going to be taking a small break from princesses with our <clears throat> yes. next film next week which fun fact about this film which is alice in wonderland uh when Walt finally had the resources to go back into these full-length films, he wasn't sure if he wanted to produce Cinderella or Alice in Wonderland first and decided to have two animation crews working on each film separate from each other mm-hmm. so that he could just see which one would finish first and which one would do the better job, mm-hmm. which I think is a very harsh and, and terrible thing to do. But Super. it does, I mean, I think... It's going to be really fun for us to watch Alice in Wonderland, knowing that apparently she and Cinderella were competing to be yeah. the first, second Disney princess. And as people, well, Alice isn't a princess, but as as That's you true. know, as many people know, it's like they're very different movies. They're very different movies, extremely different. So that's also going to be interesting to see. And I'm 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 excited to discuss the animation styles between the two because mm-hmm. they were from the exact same time period. So that's next week. We'll be doing. Alice in Wonderland. Elias. Elias. Well, uh, do you have anything else for today? Uh, I have nothing else to say because I got to go shine up my glass slippers because there's a ball tonight. So sorry, I got to run. Yeah, it's time. I have to make sure that my dog doesn't get turned into a footman again. Oh, that's fair. That's a that's a challenge. He always ends up at somebody else's house when that happens. And it's just I'm just tired of going to go get him back like Rude. they have to return them to me otherwise it's like you can't have my dog as a footman anymore no see Especially after midnight yeah. agree well until next time so long glamour boys so long glamour boys damsels who discuss is created and produced by crow's nests podcast 
Your hosts are Gally Articola and Alexia Thirumalai. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash damsels who discuss all one word. On Instagram at instagram.com slash damsels who discuss all one word again. And on Twitter at twitter.com slash damsels who disco because Twitter has a character limit. Or you can also email us at damsels who discuss at gmail.com. So long, Glamour Boys! So long, Glamour Boys! (laughs) 